0: Thank you for joining in on today's podcast at The Gathering Church, a place of grace where people far from God experience life in Christ. To find out more information about our ministry, please go into the World Wide Web at www.thegatheringnj.org. Again, that's www.thegatheringnj.org. Sit back, relax, and listen in. I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 29, A familiar portion of scripture for some. Hallelujah. Honey, that's my Bible right
1: there.
0: Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. When you have it, just stand up for the ring of God's word this morning. written Bibles. Amen. We all got the word this morning. Amen. I'm reading from the New International Version. Here begin the reading of God's word. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off with strength. But blessed is he who keeps the law. I'll say that again. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off with strength. But blessed is he who keeps the law amen let's pray father in heaven we come before you this morning we come with open hearts and open ears and open eyes to hear see and receive that what you want to speak to us this morning so father i pray that you would give us now a rhema word a right now word that speaks to our circumstance that speaks to our situation oh god that will bring Oh, God, edification and exhortation that will build us up, that will put us on the right path that you have designed for us this morning, Lord. So, Father, we just even now invoke your presence in this place. But we know that when two or three are gathered in your name, your word said that you would be in the midst. So, Father, we bless you and we praise you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, my Redeemer and strength. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Can you turn me up just a little bit? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we just read in the Word of God that where there is no revelation, the the people perish. Another version in the King James said where there is no vision. Vision is, is, is equal to revelation. Revelation is understanding. Vision, amen, is what the King James Version uses. And when we hear that word vision, it's it's a very powerful word because vision has many different definitions and many different understandings. When we think of vision, amen, I, I put on glasses so I can have clarity of vision. I can see what's in front of me. I can see what's around me. So I'm not talking this morning about vision as it pertains to seeing, physical seeing, I'm talking about vision as it pertains to the desire, the the dream that God has put on the inside of you. Many of us, if not all of us, have some type of dream, have some type of desire that's locked up on the inside of us. And, you know, everyone ends up somewhere but only a few people actually end up somewhere on purpose, on purpose. Sometimes in life, we can allow ourselves to, to have dreams, have visions, but some of us, we, we, we put off our dreams until we get older. We, we say, well, I can't afford my dream right now, so I'll sacrifice my dream I'll just do this because I'll make a living doing this, but this is not really what I wanted to do. Some of us, when we get older, when we retire, then we'll do our dream. Some of us, when we're young, we struggle with our dream. But only few wind up in their dream on purpose. Where there is no vision, the people perish. When there is no destination in sight, where there is, is no future defined, where there is no goal, no hope, no dream, the people perish. As we look at the word vision, the word vision, is a Hebrew word, and the word is kazom. Calzon is the Hebrew word that means a dream, a revelation, or a vision. It talks about having an understanding of what your life is really here for. We weren't just born on earth just to waste precious time or precious memories, but we were called for a purpose, and God has given each and every one of us a vision. Many times we talk about the vision of the church or we talk about the vision of an organization, but God has given each and every life a vision. If you're married, God has given your marriage a vision. And so I want to share with us today about going through the different phases of having a vision. Or if I used to word a I'd still mean the word vision. A beautiful um, pastor by the name of, Greg Rochelle wrote a book a number of years ago called Kazon. We actually did a connection group about a ten-week connection group here. How many of you took that course, Kazon? Amen. Oh, praise the Lord! I think we're going to bring it back this fall because I think we need another generation of Kazons. Amen. Amen. Now, when I say Kazon, I'm not talking about cowzone. I'm not talking about the. I'm not talking about the stuff, pepperoni and cheese. You know, I'm not talking about cowzone. I'm talking about Kazon, which is a Hebrew word. Amen. That talks about having vision. The question that's faced that that's faced to us many times is, if money were no object to you, what would you do for the rest of your life? Would you turn to your neighbor and just tell them that real quick, real quick? Come on, try find, find somebody. You ready? Say, so if money were no object to you, what would you do for the rest of your life? Uh huh. Uh huh. Some of you are like, I don't know how to answer that, Pastor. Because some of us, we haven't dreamed in such a long time. We're like, I'm just trying to make ends meet. I'm just trying to make, pay my bills. I'm just trying to make the mortgage. I'm just trying to pay the car note. I don't have time to dream. But I'm here to tell you that you have time. You, you don't have time not to dream. You need to dream. That God has put something big on the inside of you today. And it's your responsibility to discover what God has locked up on the inside of you. You will never live a fulfilling life if you don't access the dream that God has put inside of you. When I talk about dream, I'm not talking about a career. But we would think career is dream. Now, your dream can be locked up in your career, absolutely, but it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. When I look at Individuals like our worship Sister Marolo. She's an anointed psalmist. I cannot wait to the day she cuts a CD or something. The amens are kind of high and low over here. I can't wait till she cuts a CD. Amen. But she's also an anointed RN. She's a nurse. And she's an awesome nurse. I've seen her at work. She ain't no joke. Okay? She's about her father's business. Amen. But that's all locked up in her dream of giving service, of giving. Honor. That's what God has put it. She said, "I knew since she, she said she knew since she was a little girl that God called her to be a nurse. God called her to serve, to help others. What is the dream that God has locked up inside of you? We can't just sit back and allow life to pass us by. I don't know about you, but I was looking over my life and I said, I told my wife, I said, we're getting older. What you saying? Speak for yourself, brother. I said, no, we're really getting older. You know, and I'm like, this year we're going to be 35 years old. And people say, oh, that's young because you've been there, done that. This is new for me. (laughs) But when I look at 35, I'm like, wow, half my life is done. Because the Bible says that he'll give us three score and ten and everything above that by reason of, amen. So half of 70 is what? Okay. Lord, what have I done with the first half of my life? Have I really accomplished the dream that you locked up inside of me? Have I even began to to, to trample on my destiny? Have I ever began to walk towards the open door that you have for me? There's something more. So as, as much as I rejoice that I'm getting older, I realize there's still yet some things that have not been unlocked in my life because there's a greater dream. There's a greater vision. There's something that God has greater in store for me. If money was no object for you, what would you do for the rest of your life? What would you do? What would you do? I want to talk with us briefly about the four phases of walking in vision or having vision. Vision is is not just something that's an ambition. We, we can all have good ambitions. If you, are, if you have your own business and you, and, and you want your business to succeed, you, you have great ambitions that it's going to do well. But that might not necessarily be your dream. Just because you're good at something does not mean that that's your dream. Many times the thing that God calls you to do is something that you can do by yourself. Moses could not speak, but God yet called him to be his spokesperson. How could God use someone who could not speak? Because Moses had to depend on the Holy Spirit. When God called me to pass, I said, Lord, you must have got the wrong one because I don't think I'm capable of doing that. And he said, son, you're absolutely correct. You got that one correct. You're right. You cannot do it by yourself. But with my help and with my spirit, it can be done. Often God will cause us or call us to do things that are beyond our strength, that are beyond what we have in terms of our talents, our skills, our abilities. What he does is when you step into destiny, he begins to stretch you around that thing that he called you to do. He called me to be a pastor. I said, Lord, I don't know anything about running a church. I don't know anything about pastor. I, I have the slightest clue. He said, okay. He said, all that I want from you is a yes. That's the only thing he wants is a yes. I surrender, yes. And when I gave God a yes, he said, okay, now I can work with you. Because now you're willing and you're able. How many of you are willing and able? Because we always resist God, resist the Holy Spirit resist. We didn't resist the enemy and he would flee. But I said yes to the Lord and I opened myself up to God and he began to mold me and craft me to who I am today. And I'm still a work in progress. And so when I say to you this morning, what is your dream? What is your vision? I want you to know that God has something great in store for you. It's not just for you to waste time. It's not just for you just to, to be here, just to do your little thing, and it going about your week. It's not about that. It's more. It's greater. There's something greater in store for you. And we must, as believers, find out what our purpose is. We must find out what God has called us to do. Each and every one of us has spiritual gifts. Each and every one of us has a ministry. You don't need a title in front of your name. You have something to offer. You have something great locked up inside of you. But see, the problem with many Christians, especially when we come into the church, we come in, we get saved, we accept Jesus Christ, we, we go through the process, and then that's it. We say, well, I got baptized, I got saved, I got, I got a little Bible, I got a little knowledge, I got a little something, something, Okay, there you go, and that's it. But no, what is your next step? There's always a next step. Some of us have to come complacent. And God is saying, what is your next step towards your dream? What is your next step towards your vision? What is your next step towards the thing that he's called you to do? If this is our banner year, if we're breaking barriers, we had a wonderful Bible study, last passage like I did on, on Thursday. If we're breaking barriers, there's something that we have to do. I know for me, I, I see the things that God God's calling me to break, but what is he calling you to break? Because you would not fully embrace the vision that God has for you unless you want to step out in faith. Turn to Acts chapter 20, verse 22 to 24. And in this portion of scripture, we have the Apostle Paul who is talking. Now, the Apostle Paul is, 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 is such an awesome man of God because he wrote two thirds of the New Testament. This was a guy who was a killer of Christians. He persecuted the church. Amen. He, he, he saw Jesus when Jesus was crucified. Amen. He did everything in his power to stop the church. While he was going down the road of Damascus, as you read his account in the book of Acts, the Spirit of God struck him blind, knocked him off his donkey. So you can mess with God, he'll knock you off your donkey. And the King James used the word donkey knocked him off, he was blind for three days, and God restored his sight, saved him, filled him with the Holy Ghost, and said, now I'm gonna use you now. So the guy who was persecuting the church, who was murdering Christians, now is the guy who works for the church and now expanding the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't tell me God don't have a sense of humor. You can't tell me that God doesn't have a bigger picture for our lives than what we can imagine. If you told me 10 years ago I'll be here doing what I'm doing today, I would say you're out of your mind. But when you step forth in the vision of God, God's vision will take you places that you never thought you could ever be. God's vision will take you places and allow you to do things that you never thought you'd be able to do. It's embracing the fullness of what God has to say to you. Acts 20, verse 22 to 24. And now, compelled by the Spirit... I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Verse 24, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task. The Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. This was a man with a plan. The Apostle Paul was a man who understood his destiny, didn't understand how it was going to unravel because the thing is, we want answers up front. But you see, when you say yes to God, you can't see the fine print, you don't always see the journey in which He's going to take you through. There's a wonderful book I read years ago, High for High Places, and it talks about the story of Much Afraid. Much Afraid was a deer. I think you gave me that book since the much, much Afraid was, it was a deer. And in this story, basically this deer was afraid. And in this story, she wanted to go up the mountain to go see the master. But the way up was actually down through the valley. She said, wait a minute, we're walking away from the mountain. We're not going near the mountain. We're not going near that place. And oftentimes when you say yes to God, he will, ta- he will carve out a path for you that's not the path for everybody else. He said, I'm testifying to the gospel of God's grace. So here are four things I want to leave with you today as we explore the vision that God has for you. First of all, the first that we must do is we must obey God the Spirit's prompting. Obey the Spirit's prompting. Obey the Spirit's prompting. Paul said, now compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem. He obeyed the Spirit's prompting. What is he saying to you today? What is the Spirit saying to you today? What is he calling you to act on? The Bible says, if you hear his voice today, harden not your hearts. What is the Spirit speaking to you today? Concerning your future. Concerning your destiny. Concerning the vision that God has outlined for you. What is he saying to you? But the problem is, is God's not speaking, the problem is that we're not listening. God is always talking. I love to give the example of frequencies. If I were to turn on an AM or FM radio right now, it will pick up the frequencies that are going in this room. And all of a sudden, you'll begin to hear a music station playing. God's voice is like that. It's a frequency. You have to get in tune with him, in tune with his spirit to hear him. He's always talking. And you don't always need an audible voice. He's talking right now through these books. You can always get a word from the Lord. You don't always go to need to see a prophet. Oh, girl, there's a prophetic conference. I gotta go. Because the prophet gonna be there. You want a prophecy? This is a more sure prophecy. Here's the Lord. Come on now. Always want to get a giving all your money to the prophet. And told you something that you already know. <laughs> the saith, the Lord. You're wearing white shoes. Oh, my God, i wear white shoes. Something you already know ain't nothing deep and prolific. It ain't prophetic, it's pathetic. Hear me something you already know. Tell me something I don't know. Paul was compelled by the Spirit. Are you compelled by the Spirit today? Paul was full of the Holy Ghost. Are you full of the Holy Ghost? Are you full of him on your job? Because we can sure get full on church on Sunday. But are you full of him on Monday? Are you full full of him? Are you full of God? Are you compelled by his spirit? He said, There's something prompting me, there's something driving me, there's something that is causing me to, to move and to act in this fashion. He submitted himself to God's leading. If we're going to embrace the destiny that God has for us, we have to submit to his leading, even when it's uncomfortable. And now I'm compelled by the Spirit. I am going to Jerusalem. Don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to go. Sometimes you don't realize, you don't need to know how you're going to get there. Just know you're going to go. Don't know how I'm a pastor of church, but I'm going to do what God called me to do. He said he called me to preach? Okay, I, I don't know where I'm going to be preaching at, but he understands. He knows something I don't know. If, if He only think he wants me to submit and surrender to him, then that's what I'll do. Whatever the next step is, Jesus, that's the step that I'm willing to take. And we have to have that, that, that type of tenacity to go after God. So number one, Paul was compelled by the Spirit. He, he, he was obeying the Spirit's prompting. Father, pa- Pastor, how do I know if if, that, if the Spirit is talking to me? Well, it's normally that small, still voice that you hear inside of you. Yeah, I know that voice. When you know you're not supposed to do something and your conscience begins to get heavy, and you try to ignore it, oh, no, no, the blood of Jesus, I ain't know that, that's God. You know when you snap snapped at somebody, and the Holy Ghost then checked check you like, you know your attitude was wrong. You didn't go fix that right now. Come on now. that's That, that, that spirit, that, the spirit of God. That's the spirit's prompting. It's not always people say, I need to hear do say the Lord. No. Most people don't hear the Lord that way. And I know I surely don't. But small still voice. You hear it in your heart. You hear it in your mind. You know that it's right. Sometimes you don't know how you know, but you just know. Because the Bible says the Spirit of God is all-knowing. You don't know how you know something, you just know something. You have what I call divine intuition. You are able to understand, you're able to see, you're able to perceive things that your natural mind can't even comprehend. That is the Spirit's prompting. Are you obeying the Spirit's prompting? You have a track in your person. The Lord said, I want you to share your faith with that person. And you know you're supposed to do it. That is the Spirit's prompting. When you feel unction to pray for someone, someone crosses your mind. And you know you have not thought about that person in weeks. That is the Spirit's prompting. Sometimes we want fire to fall from heaven. No. That doesn't work. God doesn't always work like that. Most of the time he don't work like that. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. While you're on your job, while you're minding your business, while you're at the grocery store, while you're hanging around your family, he'll speak just like that. He'll give you a prompting. The Lord just does, does, doesn't just speak in church. If, if, if church was the only place that God would speak, I would have to live here 24-7 because I need to hear his voice all the time. Thank God that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and that he lives on the inside of us. He doesn't tabernacle within four walls. He tabernacles inside of man. That when you receive Christ, you've become a habitation for the Lord. We don't have to sacrifice a lamb. We don't, we don't have to do all the things that they did in the Old Testament. You have become his sanctuary. You have become the church. That's why he's locked up on the inside of you. If this building wants to burn down, the church will still stand. Because we are the church. We are the body of Christ. And so, if you are his temple, then you will heed the Spirit's prompting. That word, that word compelled, means someone who is bound. Someone who is wrapped with cords. That's what it actually means in the original text, in the Greek text. It means I am compelled, I am bound, I am wrapped up with cords. In other words, this thing has me tied up. Has God ever spoken to you you just felt like, oh, man, God just wrecked my mind. He just wrecked my world. He just, he just, he's so awesome. I, I have to, I know this is God. This is nobody but Jesus. so I'm compelled by the Spirit. God's Spirit. His current. When you say Spirit, it's the word Numa. Pneuma. Means a breath of air. It means a breeze. That means he's speaking. He's speaking. The Spirit's prompting. Number two, we must obey the Spirit's prompting. Number two, we must also embrace certain uncertainty. And that's an oxymoron. Certain uncertainty. <laughs> Paul said, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. Not knowing. I know I'm supposed to go because the Spirit told me to go. He has compelled me to go. I've have, I have said yes, I have heeded his voice, but I don't know exactly what's going to happen when I get there. But God called me to Pastor. I said, Lord, okay. I say yes, not knowing that I'll be here in this university. He had a plan. It wasn't my doing. I'm intelligent, but I can't tie it together like that. Come on now. I look at Pastor Edgar. We met in high school. and know that we'll be passing side by side. <laughs> Only God can do something like that. Only God can do something like that. Singing on the church, checking on the youth choir, and this girl joins the tennis section. Only God knew that I was standing next to my wife. Only God. He has a vision. He has a plan for your life. And you're not going to always know what's going to happen. Certain uncertainties. He'll promise you'll get there, but he ain't going to tell you how you're going to get there. And that's the way God operates sometimes. He wants you to take care of what's before you today so you can prepare for tomorrow. Now, if you don't do what you got to do today, then you jack up your tomorrow. And that's why many of us are stuck and we cannot move because we're not doing what the Spirit is calling us to do today. Certain uncertainty. I will do today what I can do to enable me to do tomorrow what I can't do today. I will do today what I can do to enable me to do tomorrow what I can't do today. In other words, you need to do what God's called you to do today so you can be able to do what he's called you to do tomorrow. You can't get to tomorrow unless you do what he's calling you to do today. Because tomorrow, you can't do what you're supposed to do yesterday. Yesterday has passed. I can't worry about, oh, I didn't do this yesterday. I, 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 no, yesterday's has passed. Now there's stuff for you to do today. Now if it's, if it's to make up for what you didn't do yesterday, then so be it. But there's still yet something for you to do today. Certain uncertainty. When God gives you a vision, there will be certain uncertainties. You would not know how he's going to put all of the puzzle pieces together. That's why it's always good to be open-minded. It's good to have your five-year plan. Come on now, God works with a man with a plan. I always say that. He works with a man with a plan. But don't be so rigid with your plan that if God begins to move the puzzle pieces around that you cannot move with God. But the problem is we shut God out of our plan. And then we wonder, why is life getting so frustrated? Why is this happening? Why is it happening? Because you're not in tune with the destiny that God has for you. He wants you to flow in your kazone. Amen? Praise the Lord. So we must obey the Spirit's prompting. We must embrace certain uncertainty. And number three... There will be predictable resistance. (laughs) There will be predictable resistance. Acts 20, verse 23, Paul is saying, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. In other words, he said, I understand that there will be predictable resistance. You better believe that there's going to be resistance against your purpose and dream. You better believe the devil's not going to stand by and just watch you walk by. You better believe he's going to send the hordes of hell and the imps to come after you to try to stop you from embracing what God has called you to do. First started pastoring our church. One day we came home from worship on a Sunday. And all of a sudden I saw a, a pigeon with his head caught off in front of my door down there under my window you remember that honey? someone's trying to do witchcraft against us you better believe you're going to come against resistance you better believe people want to come against you and will use whatever he wants to use to come against you you have to be bold you have to know what God has spoken to you sometimes that means your friends won't agree with you sometimes that means family won't agree with you you love them you say, praise God, I'll pray for you. You pray for me. But I have to go with what the Spirit of God is telling me to do. Because at the end of my life, I have to stand before God, not you for me. I got to stand for me. And if this is my passion, if this is what the Holy Spirit is prompting me to do with my life, then I have to step out on faith and I have to do it. There will be resistance to your dream. There will be resistance Hardships will come. Temptations will come. There have been many times as a pastor I felt weary and I wanted to throw in the towel. Imagine the Apostle Paul, whipped, beaten, shipwrecked. The churches that he helped plant turned against him. Imagine that. Having sharp agreements with those who were your travel companions. All of a sudden, you have to part ways because you can't come in agreement anymore. He said, The Spirit's compelling me. I got to go. I got to go. I don't count my life at nothing. I, I got to go. I, I, I got to continue to move forward. There will be resistance, there will be res- all types of resistance. There will be inter- internal resistance. There will be your own fears, your own insecurities, your own stuff that you got to get through. There will also be external resistance. All sorts of troubles might be going through in your marriage, going through in your finances going through in your job you got a mean boss <laughs> you got a crazy co-worker there'll be all sorts of resistance coming against you from you not fulfilling the dream that God has locked up on the inside of you. We cannot fulfill our dream as a church if we don't fulfill our individual dream. Tell your neighbor this more. yeah, there's more. There's more that God has in store for you. Number four, this is my last point. Uncommon clarity. Uncommon clarity. Acts 20 verse 24 says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task. The Lord Jesus Christ has given me the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Paul had uncommon clarity. He saw it. He embraced it. He knew what was his future. He knew what God had in store for him. He didn't know how he was going to get there, but it was crystal clear for him. That's why you have to be careful who you tell your dream to, everybody can't handle your dream. Everybody can't handle the vision that God has put inside of you. You have people who will try to discourage you. You have people who are jealous of you because things are happening for you and nothing happening for them because they ain't doing what they got to do today. And so that's why their tomorrow's jacked up. And we get envious and jealous and, oh, she got a job, ooh, she got a house now, ooh, she doing well. Man, you you got the the green-eyed giant over there because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. God is no respecter of person. And what he does for one, he'll do for another. But you just have to align yourself with God's purpose, with the dream that he has for you. You have to flow in your zone. I go on social network and everybody has this hashtag called flow. They go to church, everybody got their dress up, in my Sunday, flow. They go out on Friday night, in my date night, flow. And I see everything hashtagging. I'm doing my flow. My sister go to the hairdresser, my hairdresser, flow. Everybody has a flow. But there's no flow like a God-given flow. There's no flow like a Holy Ghost flow. There's no flow like someone who's moving in purpose. Do you have a purposeful flow today? See, those flows are just momentary, but I have a life flow. (laughs) I have eternal life flow. I have a God-given purpose flow. What is your flow? Are you flowing in your purpose? Are you flowing in your destiny? Are you going after your dream? Well, Pastor... Well, right now in my life, I'm I'm facing hardships, so I I had to put my dream on the shelf. You don't have to put your dream on the shelf. There's always something that you can do to build towards your dream. Even if your dream is not your full-time job, there's still no excuse for you not to go after your dream. I was a pastor and working at the bank at the same time. There was no excuse. There's always something you can do to build yourself up towards your dream. Stop putting God inside of a box. There's more. There's more. There's more. Paul had uncommon clarity. He knew in his heart. He said, look, I'm a tent maker. Look, I'll make tents on the side. So y'all don't have to say that I'm trying to rob y'all to to do God. I'll, I'll, I'll come with my own offering. How about that? He was a tent maker. He made tents on the side. That's what he did. But he said, "But my purpose is <laughs> not locked up in what I do here. My purpose is to preach the gospel. My purpose is to be a light. My purpose is to bring hope to, to the world." The Bible says we all have been given the ministry of reconciliation. We are called to bring those who don't know Jesus to Him. Uncommon clarity. Uncommon clarity. I pray today that God will give us clarity. I pray we will obey the spirit's prompting. I pray we will understand that there will be certain uncertainties. I pray we will know that the devil will try to come against us. Issues, the cares of this life will come. We live in a fallen world. This world is not perfect. You will have issues. You will have problems. Jesus said in this world you will have trouble trouble. Just because we're Christians and we're God's elect doesn't mean that we are revoked from trouble. Got my car repaired this week. Got a new muffler. Had to pay money I didn't have. Said, Lord, Jesus is a sacrifice. Nearly killed our savings. I was like, well, okay, God. Two days later, head- come from prayer. Headlight's not working. Both my headlights. I'm like, I'm driving the darkness got the cops flashing me, where's your lights? I'm like, where are my lights? I don't know where my lights are. Go to, go, go to, go, go, go to the, the, the auto technician. He said, this is a bad problem. He said, I don't even know what's wrong. You have to go to now an auto electrician. So I said, well, how much that going to cost? He said, well, when it did it for me eight years ago it was $600. So I said, well, what does that mean for me eight years later? You will have trouble. You will have problems. Wake up with aches and pains, and sickness and disease, and also you will have trouble. Paul called them thorns in the flesh. <laughs> Why did God give you thorns in the flesh to keep you humble, so you don't get full of yourself? Come on now. God will always give you a reminder for you to look back where you came from so you will never forget. He'll always give you something. I don't give if it's a lint. I don't care if it's a scar. I don't give if it's a bruise. I don't care if what. He will always give you something to remind you where you came from. He'll deliver you, but this, sometimes there's one thing he won't deliver you from. Oh, God. It's to keep you humble. He'll keep you praying, Lord, help me in this area of my life. Help me keep this area covered in my life. Because he wants you to keep coming back to him. They want you to say, you cannot do this thing by yourself. You need me. Why don't God deliver me from this thing? Because he wants you to stay in that place. Because the moment he does do something like that, then you'll be like, Yeah, it was all about me. Yeah, I don't do that no more. Shame on you for doing that, sister. Because God knows the man of heart is wicked. We can say, well, I never, never say never. Because if it was for the grace of God, did go you and I. We can't judge people. We all are prone to falling and making great mistakes. I was reading an article last night on the web that was talking about how some of these great athletes that we ascribe to in 2012, a lot of these athletes are broke. One guy was, was an NBA player, I don't remember his name, okay, it's not important. He was an NBA player for 15 years, made over 200 million and he said, I don't even have money now to buy a McDouble at McDonald's. That's a dollar. He got off track. He was doing well. And the reason he got broke because he tried to take everybody with him on his journey. You cannot take everybody with you. They would bankrupt you, and that's why he bankrupt. Don't take leeches on your journey. Oh my God. Don't take leeches on your journey. Everybody cannot go with you. You cannot take everybody with you. I was looking over my life. I was looking at Pastor Edgar. And I said, I remember we were back at Bethel. We had a large group of friends. Where are they now? Everybody can't go. But God is taking you. Sometimes it's a lonely road when you go and fulfill your vision and your dream. Sometimes you feel like you're all by yourself. I'm mad and all, but there's times that it's lonely. Sometimes you can't talk to your friends. They don't understand what's going on. They're going to just pray for you. It's not all pleasant. It's not all peaches and cream. Nehemiah 6.3, I'm closing. Nehemiah had a heart. He was going to rebuild the broken walls in Jerusalem. And while he was doing that, the enemies who destroyed the walls come against him. And they wanted him to come so they can talk. And really was it really was a, a, a scheme to distract him from doing what God called him to do. Again there will be resistance. Everybody's not going to be excited about you doing, your, fulfilling your dream. Everybody's not going to give you a parade and pat you on the back and say, good job, keep on going. No, there are going to be people who are going to be angry, who are going to be frustrated, who's not going to like you. And you better know that. You better know that. There'll be people who are your supervisors, who are your superiors, and they're threatened by you, and you're like, I didn't even do that then. that person could take my spot and take the spot above me. Because people see. People, come on, people got into it. Even a sinner can see when God's hand is on you. So don't get upset when it's not treating you bad at work. Sometimes they're just jealous or sometimes they feel threatened because they don't understand. They don't know how to even deal with you. When I was at the bacon, I told them when I was a pastor, first of all, I don't blast my business. I told him that I, I, I was a pastor. All of a sudden, everybody was just like i what's going on? Why am I acting so different? I was at the bank, brother. Edgar, they would call me brother Arthur at the bank. <laughs> I kid you not. I kid you not. Your client, brother Arthur, you have a client. I'm dead serious. I kid you not. My wife could attest to that. they call me, to this day, when I go to the bank, brother Arthur. Brother, I'm serious. People will understand your destiny sometimes better than you. They see more than you do, but they stand on the outside. They see the picture unfolding. They see the metamorphosis taking place. God transitioning you. He's building you up, baking into what he's called you. Nehemiah says, I sent the message saying to them, I am doing a great work. I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? while I leave it and go down to you. Don't stoop down to other people. You're up on the wall doing the work that God has called you to do. You are going towards your dream, towards your purpose, towards your destiny. Don't allow anyone else to stop you from embracing that dream. Don't allow anyone to stop you from coming down off that wall. You, You stay up there. You do what God has called you to do. You stay focused in this season. We're in the seventh month, almost soon about, about to be in the eighth month. After that, September, October, November, December, and it's done. Five more months. That's it. It flew, didn't it? We were in December talking, my Lord, how are we going to do it? What are we going Now we are just about in August. What are you going to do? What are we going to do? The Lord keeps bringing me back to these messages because it's something he's trying to get you to see. Some of you got the big idea, but some of you are still, uh, uh, get with it. Wake up. Time is not going to wait for nobody. I started past when I was 23. I'm going to be 35. Time ain't waiting for Nobody. People are dying. People are going through this. What are you going to step up and do what God's called you to do? I'm talking about the real thing, not the partial stuff. But we'll step a little bit in it. We'll step in the shallow. When are you going to launch out into the deep? When are you going to face your fears? When are you going to get over your stuff and flow in your kazone? Sir Francis Drake said this as a quote I really minister to my heart I'm going to share this amen why Jonathan is playing softly on the keys this is what he said he said disturb us Lord when we are too well pleased with ourselves when our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little When we arrived safely, because we sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord. Lord, don't allow us to get comfortable. Just because you had a measure of success doesn't mean that that's the end of the story. What is your next step? What is your next step? Some of you guys say you got to go back to school. What is your next step? What is your next step? Some of you, it's time to start that business. What is your next step? Some of you, guys calling you to change your career. What is your next step towards the dream, towards the kazon, the revelation, the big picture that God has put with inside of you? What is that? Disturb us, Lord. Disturb us. Let us pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we need you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. If you're in agreement with that word, just stand up. We're going to pray corporately. Everyone ends up somewhere, but only few end up there on purpose. I don't know what your dream is. God does. You might not have a full understanding of what your dream is you always can talk to the one who does his name is Jesus he has the blueprint for our life the bible says he is the author and the finisher of our faith So in other words he's seen you from the beginning to the end what is that dream what is that kazone that he's put within you don't just flow, flow in purpose. Flow in purpose, flow in the dream, flow. What did he first tell you to do? No plan B, what's plan A? What did he tell you to do? So what, you had a setback. Step, step so what, you stumbled. So what, you, you, you had a mishap. What did he tell you to do? Go back to your dream. Go back to the vision. Go back to the revelation. Don't forsake what he's called you to do. You will not have the truest peace and the truest joy until you accomplish and walk in the purpose that God has for you. Hallelujah. I feel like asking Minister Dwayne, would you come and pray for us? Because, brother, when I, when, when I see your life, I know you ain't perfect. I know you put on your pants one leg at a time like I do. But one thing I, I, I appreciate about this man of God that this is a man of purpose. He's flowing. He might say, well, there's some areas of my life I need. But he's flowing in purpose. He's flowing in purpose. He has a dream. He has a vision. And it's inspiring to hear what God is doing in his life and his family life. There's been so many obstacles. We all had to come through. But we're standing here today. The lotus, and is yet still more for us to accomplish. So, Minister, when would you just pray for us this afternoon? Pray for us
1: Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. Father, it's, it's a call for us, our God, to get moving, Lord Jesus. Father, you have spoken your word, Lord. It, it's time for us to act, Lord God. And Lord, there are so many of us, Lord, who are standing here, whom you have placed visions in our lives, Lord God. You have, you have placed goals, aspirations, Lord. You have, but we have been stuck, Lord Jesus, because we have not been equipped ourselves, Lord, with the faith to move, Lord Jesus. But Lord, as this is our banner year, Lord, it's, it's, it's a year where we have to take action. And some of us just, Lord, we pray, Lord God, that you give us the strength to act. Father, we pray, oh God, by your Holy Spirit, that we will get over our fear. Fear of failure, Lord Jesus. That, Lord, that we would step out in faith and embrace our destiny, Lord. Father, we just pray, oh God, that by your Holy Spirit, you will speak to all of us. Minister to every single person here, Lord Jesus. Minister into our purpose, Lord God. Activate our faith to move, Lord Jesus beyond where we are now help us to move into our purpose and into our destiny father we pray oh god that this week as we go forth we will continue to ponder lord we will continue to seek your face lord jesus as to what it is that we need to do lord to get back on track help us to get back on track lord it's only five months to go before the end of the year. And we declare this year, Lord God, in the beginning of January, that this is going to be our banner year. A year of beyond expectation, Lord God. Exploring new frontiers, Lord Jesus. So Lord, to the extent that we have not explored new frontiers yet, Lord, we pray, oh God, that we will get moving, Lord Jesus, to explore it. That we will get moving, Lord God, to experience your blessing in our life as never before, Lord God. Father, we pray, God, that you will bless everyone here, Lord God. Indeed, Lord Jesus. Bless us, Lord God, like Jabez, Lord Jesus. Bless us, Jesus. That we will say the Lord has blessed us indeed this year, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. We declare blessing over each and every one of our lives in the name of Jesus every single person in this year lord we declare that purpose will come to pass lord jesus father we pray oh god that nothing of oh god that you have spoken in our lives will go back void lord jesus we pray oh god that we will lord oh god embrace your move in this time and in this season lord jesus and we pray oh god that where there needs to be healing that we will be healed lord jesus where there needs to be restoration, we will be restored, Lord Jesus. Where we need to be pushed, Lord, we will be pushed, Lord Jesus. And Father, where there is thanksgiving, Lord, we will come to you with thanksgiving, Lord God. And with praise for all that you have done for us. And all that we will be, you will be doing in our lives, Lord Jesus. In this next five months, Lord God. So Father, we embrace your vision for our lives. We hug it up, Lord Jesus. And we say, Lord, have your way. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way as we walk in your destiny. In Jesus' name we pray. Let Everybody say, amen. 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 Father, Pastor, we thank you for that word. It's, it's a word that stores us into really thinking deep. And seeing what it is that we should be doing.